0: <laughs> following your lead buddy okay so here we go this is uh episode number one i can't tell you how uh much i've been looking forward to this thinking about it for a very long time uh several <laughs> months about just doing a podcast about uh, boats and things that uh i've been spending my time doing since retiring and moving out here on the west coast so we've had the idea of um, talking to people who have come through the marina and they've got a story to tell whether they're coming from somewhere and going from somewhere and they're experienced or they're just figuring out, you know, what buttons to push and how to get from here to there, which is basically what I was finding myself uh, faced with. When I moved out here from Ontario, my only experience was, although it was quite extensive, was small motorboats on Georgian Bay. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea about, uh, you know, tides and currents and charts and shoals and the rise and the fall of the ocean. But when I acquired this boat, uh, which is the Athena, a 30-foot hollycraft, uh, this was a whole new ball game. And uh, I struggled with whether or not I could do it or not. We'll talk about that in the future a little bit. But I know a lot of people think the same way, and one of them is sitting across from me. At the moment to help launch this very first episode probably very familiar i was going to say that people in the east like me um <laughs> people may know me from radio in eastern canada but donald s martin <laughs> <laughs> the famous Don I mean. martin from ctv <clears throat> right former host of power play with a national audience is uh, not only a professional colleague of mine, but a very good family friend for a long time. So he's out here visiting, and I thought this would be a perfect time to launch this uh, podcast for a number of reasons. Uh, one, because you're a pretty good talker. and um, No, I'm very shy and introverted. Yeah, of course. <coughs> uh, but secondly, newly retired from the television business mm-hmm. as well. Terribly interested in boats.
1: You got me into that, John well, Stahl.
0: That's that's the thing.
1: I wasn't into boats. I had a little motorboat, and then I saw Athena. So it started right here when my <laughs> boat cruising fixation began, thanks to him, which cost me a lot of money. <laughs> and I wouldn't trade uh, back; wouldn't give back a nickel. I loved every minute. of it.
0: Well, that. yeah, probably less money though than what you're going to do in the first place. I got to tell you, when, when he comes out, he came out to visit. I don't know, three years ago or so. It says, you're living the dream, Stall." I gotta, I, want, I like... want some of this. So he seriously started looking at boats out here. I mean, we spent four days walking through marinas, looking at boats that are like uh-huh. 30, 40, 45 feet. Yep. Um, and his idea is he's going to get one. Continue living in Ottawa, moor the boat out here, right. and maybe on the shoulder seasons right. when he's not in Florida. Live on it, yeah. Well, come out for a week or two. Or, or longer. Or longer. All right. Live on it and cruise on it a bit yeah. and then go back, yeah. which made absolutely no sense.
1: You never took, to, pointed that out to me, by the way. Well, it I took didn't. my wife to say No,
0: though. no, no. Of course I pointed it out. <laughs>
1: But anyway, we, the, the bottom line is: look at this. This is this. Look out this window if you can. Yeah, it's a beautiful sunny day. It's uh, I don't know, ten degrees maybe. It's in March. We yeah, just golfed fun. this morning. I mean, you can enjoy a boat out here in March. You cannot do that in Ontario. In Ontario, your seasons May to October. Yeah, no. you are out here. You you taunt me. By sending me pictures of you throwing crab traps in the water in, uh, in February, right? So yes. that's that's where the idea came from.
0: Yeah, no, I well, I I get it, and and I th- you know I think a totally lot totally people-
1: unreasonable
0: idea. However, well, unreasonable because you're going to fly out and use it for a couple of weeks, and you had no idea, right. nor did I, by the way, when I first started this, <laughs> the kind of cost that's associated with not just the mortgage, yeah, but you've got maintenance. You've got you know these boats. The, 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 plus is they don't come out of the water, you are 12 months in the year. But the downside is, unlike Ontario freshwater, you've got marine growth that goes to the bottom of these boats, and you've got to haul them out, if not every year, you've got to haul them out every other year. So there's a saltwater issue, There's, there's all that stuff. But there's no way you're going to maintain, unless you've got a no. billion dollars, <laughs> you know, a boat out here and fly out for 10 days or so and use it.
1: This is the same logic my wife used, which kiboshed that idea. But I did buy a freshwater cruiser. Uh, we have it in uh, Penetanguishene, Ontario. And it's yeah. currently sitting out on the water wrapped in plastic. But it'll be going in in yeah. end of April or so. So I, I did join the fraternity, John.
0: Well, but it is a fraternity. It's... um. I don't know. Those who get it, get it. Yeah. You know, no explanation is necessary. And for those who understand, none will be given. But there's something about being on the water and and being on a boat. I mean, a big boat. Big, I say bigger boat. I mean, this, these are not motorboats. These are, you know, we're sitting at a kitchen table here. That is just so um, calming and it, it gets into your soul. Yep. yep. And that's what I found. Yeah, but what, what's the number one surprise
1: when you bought your boat? And I'll tell you mine after. But what, what surprised you the most? Was it just the cost of it? Or was it the, how much you loved doing it? Or what, what was
0: that? Uh, it probably reinforced how much yeah. I loved doing it. Mm. Uh, actually, I can tell you a very quick story. This is going back, oh man, 25, 30 years. I was working at CFRB and I had a pretty successful show. And it came time at the end of the year for raises. And I thought I was in for a good raise. And the the current boss, he was program director, I don't even mind saying his name, Ralph Lucas. He'd come from Montreal at CJD. Dif- different kind of cat than the. People who were running Standard Broadcasting at the time, which was Conrad Black's gang, comes to the uh, raise time and he says, he gives me a number, and I said, oh, come on, you know, that's, I don't think, enough. Uh, He said, I'll tell you what we can do. He said, I'm limited by the amount of money and I'm limited by the percentage. He said, but we have the boat down at Ontario Place, the RB. The boat was called the RB. And at the time, it was used for weekend uh, special events. They had a young student that was going out and doing it. Mm-hmm. He said, how about if I throw in the RB, because we're going to get rid of it. We're, we're going to stop this program of doing weekend features on the water. So the RB is going to go up <laughs> for sale. How about if I throw that in? That's a good deal. And I said, absolutely. Mm, I didn't know that story. Did, I know. I just thought of it now. Mm. And it was probably, I'd been on it many times. It was maybe a 24, 25-foot oh, okay. cruiser, Yeah, um, and it was special, you know, it was like a little fork. I said, absolutely, great, deal done. So, a- no, we agreed, but he, he couldn't do it. He comes back three days later, and he says, I don't have the heart to tell you, but one of the sales guys got wind of the fact that it was up for sale, and he bought it. It's out of my hands. Oh, I okay. can't do it. That was close. It was close. But that was the only time that I, because I had been on it, that I felt this is cool. You know, you got four walls, you're covered, you're out of the wind, you're out of the water. You got a stove, you got a coffee pot, you got a fridge, you <laughs> got a bed, you got all this stuff. So, this Athena, when I bought it here, it was kind of the manifestation of that twenty-five-year-old oh, well, dream. Awesome. It was beautiful. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you so, the
1: first the first time I saw you a picture you were looking over the, the top there. You had the smile a mile wide, right? Yeah. And uh, I said to Annette, I said to my wife, I said, What the heck? I how can John Stall afford that? It for? They must have cost a million dollars that boat. So I come out here and I tell him, I said, That boat, this boat must be a fortune. He gives me this the figure. I went, Well, I can afford that and and so that's when I started searching in earnest. I mean they're not a, a cruiser like these are what between twenty and fifty thousand, right? That's well, they're old. Of...
0: I mean, this one is nineteen eighty-two. Right, it's a Tolly craft. I mean, it's a well-built boat. Great right. manufacturer. Yep. But yeah, it's you know 30, 40, 50 grand if if it's in great shape yeah. and whatever. They're you know they're sport yachts, so you, you kind of associate that word yacht with you know the millionaire. Uh, but it's not yeah um... it's it's not for somebody struggling to buy their first house no it
1: is a hole in the water you pour money into well, there's no it, doubt about it,
0: that it, well yeah the ongoing either the toys that you want to put on board or some of the maintenance. you're never out. happy
1: with what you have you always see another toy well, a new bluetooth attachment yeah, that you something. can put on the boat it's it's yeah it's natural but you know it's you know when i bought mine the biggest surprise and this won't shock you at all was the gas um, I had visions of traveling <clears throat> the Great Loop, which is all the way down through the U.S. Midwest river system into the Gulf of Mexico, up through Florida, and up the inter- Intracoastal Coastal, uh, coastal okay. Highway. <clears throat> and that's just that would be under under my current boat's gas consumption, a hundred thousand dollars or more. Yeah. So that's n- not practical. But you know, if you drive them reasonably slow, they're not ridiculous. But you're going to get. You know, at best I can get is about 20 liters an hour, you know, out of my boat, which has got twin 350s. But still, yeah, that's that's expensive. But but, what the heck? It's on a boat. I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm just if people are listening to this, going, hmm, yeah, those prices sound pretty good on a boat. But it's what comes after you buy the boat, and and that can be a little sobering at times. But it's the price of doing what a lot of us have in our DNA. It's a visceral thing to get. On the water and be in a boat and to have a washroom on board and a kitchen and fridge and stuff and and be able to just hoist anchor and head out into a bay somewhere and drop it and spend the night. Man, you can't make that dream up.
0: Well, no, it's like a cottage to a lot of people. I mean, when you talk about the prices of boats, I have two or three boat neighbors here on the dock um, whose boats are certainly bigger than mine and more expensive than mine, but it is their second home. Now, I'm retired, right. and so are you. So, you know, we use it for weeks at a time or whatever. These folks do it every Friday night. You know, they come down, and um, they get on board, whether they leave the dock or not. And quite often they do. But they justify the cost as, as their second home, and that is their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a ton of them. Yep. I mean, we're based here at the Lady Smith Maritime Marina. Very close to where I live, so it only takes me two and a half minutes to come down here from, from the house by car, which is beautiful on a couple of levels. I come down here almost every day, uh, not to go out in the boat, but I just sit here. I treat it like a little office. I bring my laptop down, yep. get out of the house. Yep. <clears throat> uh, my wife gets her space. I get my space because retirement can be an adjustment even you know, spending all that time together. I got coffee going. I got a beer going. Whatever feel like I and yeah, yeah. do a hot dog in the back. I can sit here and write. I can do my journaling. Do whatever, right. and um, never turn the engine on. Hmm. And it just feels like a little man cave. Yeah, you well, know, beautiful place for it. It's great. Uh, you know, that's kind of how I use it. I've only done one main trip, which is um, I did last year, up to the Princess Louisa Inlet. And that was a major, major. You were dreaming
1: about that for years. Yeah, I was
0: dreaming about it for years. You know, it was, it was actually leaving the dock, crossing the Strait of Georgia, getting out of cell phone coverage. Went with another boat, so you know we felt safe. Watched our weather and got up into some unbelievable geography and came back. So we were on the water for seven or ten days. Mm-hmm. That's a huge deal <clears> for throat> me. Throat> mm-hmm. It is so average for a lot of people around here um, who take off for. I got three or four neighbors here on this dock that are again retired. They're gone for the whole month of July, or a month and a half, and they go up to Desolation Sound, wow. and they they just sit and bob, and that's their cottage. They'll they'll even fly their grandchildren in. Wow, you know they've got the money to put a float plane up. Yeah, yeah. And bring the grandchildren up.
1: Wow. Well, I mean speaking of the people in this marina i'm looking forward to when you have this podcast sounds an ongoing thing talking to the people who live on their boats not not spring to summer to fall but year round i mean in the middle of january howling storms are coming in and these people live on a board and they're as happy as a clam sitting on there
0: we have about eight of them here
1: wow i mean i I get two weeks and i get a little crazy on mine i've got to get off but uh, yeah I i have a uh, a 37 foot, um, uh, Chris craft that, uh, John induced me, uh, to buy not, not, directly but indirectly through his experience, so uh, I'm I'm having the time of my life on that But it's a very time-limited thing because it's really May, June, July and August and then September I wish we had a little longer seasons up there, but you don't feel cramped on it when you're on it for a weekend No, gosh, no. I mean the the beds are a little smaller. I'm uh, like you. I'm used to a king's eyes, and this is a double (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, if you have any separation uh, desires with your wife to sleep a little further apart—that's not going to happen on this boat, and no. uh, certainly. Uh, but you know, they have, I, we make great meals on board it, and yeah. we did a ten-day a trip around the Georgian Bay last uh, uh, last year, and uh, had with like thirty other boats, and it was, it was great fun. It's uh, it's uh, really educational. Although we did go. Out uh, with a couple experienced guys, and one guy was lecturing the night before we went into this channel, and he ended up running out of the channel and hitting the rocks and sinking right behind me. Like he was yeah. 300 feet behind me, sunk. So yeah. you can, it's not not it's something you got to be careful. Oh God, careful. I, well, I want to yeah.
0: come back to your your run there because you got caught in some weather, terrible the, weather. The um, we, we took a power squadron course out here, just because I was told by some very experienced people on the dock here and they knew they knew that I knew nothing and they said no no this is ocean this is different water even though you're not gonna get crashing sea in here at Ladysmith River coming in the tide changes the currents um, they're all determined by the atmosphere and everything else it's it's brutal you got to learn how to handle a twin engine and all that stuff. And, I mean, this is very basic material we're talking about here, but you and I are starting from scratch, and I certainly was starting from scratch. So we took the Power Squadron courses, my wife and I, and, you know, the first half of it scares the shit out of you. And and that's what they say, is, you know, you're, we're not here to scare the shit out of you, but we're here to let you know that shit can happen, and, <laughs> and it fast. will, and it will. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, how are you going to deal with it? Yeah, yeah. And that, that whole safety learning curve was immense. And that's what I was trying to, you know, tell you when you were coming out here looking at some 42-foot, you know, yacht on the <laughs> West Coast that, you know, you, you don't know what you were doing. Okay, and, okay. Uh,
1: Guilty as charged, but that's part of the joy. You didn't know what you were no, doing. No, I when didn't. You it no, I, no, I
0: didn't. No, no, I didn't. But again, you know, you talk about personalities. Your personality, which has made you very successful as a journalist, <laughs> as a columnist, and your television career. You are uh, a risk taker, and um, eh, I won't say control freak in a bad Reckless sense. what he's trying to say. <laughs> but you're overconfident, yeah. which is great on so many th- things. Being overconfident on a boat... is the worst thing you can possibly be. Well,
1: I was terrified on my first docking. You keep in mind that you dock from down here, and you got a pretty good view of the dock coming up. I always dock from up top on the flybridge, and you're two stories up, and you're looking down at this dock, and you're going, how am I going to bring this thing in there? And and George and Basil is different, but there's still winds, and these boats are like a big sail when there's a strong wind. So you've got to really learn how to handle... This thing in a windstorm, which always seemed to be blowing whenever I was trying to dock. So uh, uh, I must say uh, that's that's something that's very intimidating.
0: And how did you find the learning curve of the two engines? The
1: <clears throat> Actually, the two people. engines I like, think are easier than one. A lot easier yeah, than one. But um, I, I, I I would hardly recommend you find a experienced skipper who gives lessons to come on board for a, a three hour. it cost it 300 bucks or whatever 150 an hour or whatever they charge but we had a guy uh, uh, jeff sinclair out of Georgian bay area and he came on board and he can reduce your anxiety level by two-thirds just by giving you the confidence to go extremely slow yeah uh... don't be afraid to back out and try again if it looks like you're offline and uh... call for help if you want There's marina's everywhere have a phone number you can call and say look i need docking assistance and give you dock and they'll send out a couple kids to to bring you in if you're drifting into the next door neighbors dock or boat which which is always what you're concerned about because most boats up there are far more expensive than my boat so they're gonna cost me a lot of money if i bang into them but uh, yeah, we've seen some boats get out of control up there, like people docking and losing their minds because they panic, panic and hitting uh, the gas, which is the worst thing you can do, yep. and bumping into guardrails and taking out guardrails and stuff. So uh, you can have accidents in boats very easily, as I'm <laughs> sure you've seen as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, that's something that will shake your confidence
0: for a long time. Yeah, I, when I first came down here, before I bought this, I walked the dock. And there was a, a guy and his wife sitting on his on the back uh, porch of his boat, having a gin and tonic in the summer. And I said to him, "Can I ask you a really stupid question?" He said, "What's that?" I said, "I'm from Ontario. I'm retiring out here. I'm looking at this setup you got and all these boats around you, and I think I want to do this. Is that a stupid thing for me to think about? Do I need more qualifications?" <laughs> Than this small boat that I've been running in Georgian Bay. Yeah. Can I learn this? He said, "Yeah, go for it." He said, "You got two enemies: wind and speed. Coming into a dock with speed, you got a problem. Wind, you got a problem. And you've got tides, and you've got currents. Yeah, right.
1: Don't have those. That
0: in Georgian Bay. No, no. There's there's a big difference there. But otherwise, um, I feel pretty confident now. Not overconfident. I'm still." I won't say scared to death. Every time I take the boat out, I take it out myself uh, on occasion. But I always have butterflies in my stomach um, coming back. You know, and the old salts will always tell you leaving the dock is optional. Returning to the dock is mandatory. (laughs) So you better look at the conditions before you leave the dock to make sure you can get back. And that means... Is your boat in good shape you got enough gas <laughs> yeah, yeah what's the wind forecast yeah. you know four hours later you got to come back to this spot what do you think it's going to be like well the worst part i had is some of these <clears throat> some of these marines
1: we stopped at on our uh, our uh, trip around georgian bay they'd, they'd be ordering you in on their walkie-talkies so they'd be talking to you on your radio and they'd always for me for some reason they would always tell me you have to back into your dock now, I have trouble going forward into a dock, but going back is just way out of my pay grade. But uh, I had to do it, because, and the winds were howling, absolutely howling. So I got so lucky, I don't know how I did it, but I had a crowd of people around me expecting the worst. thought, this is gonna be bumper boats. We wanna have our video, our cameras up and ready to go. And I, I don't know how I did it. I just started backing up way out of alignment with the dock, and the wind just Blew me in like I landed. I pulled up beside it. You barely you needed to toss the rope. You got to hand the rope, and everyone started clapping. And I went, that was pure lot. there was no <laughs> skill required there. I don't know how I did it. That is that's going to be a nightmare for any boaters that haven't got that experience. Yeah. Backing into a dock, I don't know how they do that.
0: Well, you got to practice and you, you need to, uh, maybe have you backed into
1: a dock like here? Uh,
0: I, pref- I have, I, pre- I prefer to come in now <laughs> first. <laughs> Who doesn't? Well, also because my power hookups are over there and my step ups are where they are, so I prefer to come in. But anyway, I'm gonna get back to your Georgia bait thing because you told me last summer you were going on a rendezvous. This is the first one that you went with. Mm-hmm. Uh, with and probably of, the last. Yeah, with a pack, <laughs> of, pack of guys. Yes. Out, or boats. And, um, you know, you're leaving and you hit rough weather. Terrible weather. And I remember telling you, you know, you got to look at the weather. And I think you had texted me once you got across and said, you know it was horrible and we had these big bounces and but I got to get back and the weather doesn't look good cuz I got the grandkids coming to the dock and I got to right. get back there right. on yep. Sunday and I'm thinking to myself no you don't have to get back there for the grandkids for Sunday cuz you got a pile of water to go through it's dangerous yeah anyway tell me about it cuz
1: well uh, it was a pre-booked rendezvous all the marine marina slots were pre-booked so you kind of had to follow the schedule damn the weather and we set off in some moderate winds with forecasts of worse to come nothing you hate worse than on the radio channel 16 you suddenly hear uh, you know the warning wind warnings coming over from the weather uh, the weather uh, uh, f- officials so anyway long story short um, we hit. Uh, howling winds like uh, huge waves and and the problem we had is in Georgian Bay when you're going through the channels a lot of these channels in some cases you can't go through some of the very narrow areas when there is high waves so you have to go outside the channel Mm -hmm. into the bay itself where the waves are really high you know I mean used to sit there at your cottage on Georgian Bay and tell me this bay can go absolutely atlantic on you if you don't watch it. And I can say, "Well, okay, you just take the boat out around that corner." No, no. If they, if the wind whips up, we got a problem. Now I understand what you're talking about. Anyway, long story short, we um we did have to stay a few extra nights in marinas cuz it was just um, impossible to leave. Uh, and we got up to killarney which is at the northern end of Georgian Bay, and we were stuck there for um, a couple extra nights, which is a very nice place to get stuck, by the way, if you're going to get stuck. Yeah. And then coming back, we had time constraints, as I said, and we had to go straight down the middle of Georgian Bay. And the waves were huge from coming from behind, coming from the stern, which sounds better than coming at you, but you really do roller coaster a bit, doing the surfing back and forth. So it was a very unpleasant, gas guzzling experience. But I would not say that's going to be typical this year. This year, our plans are look at the weather, go out for two nights max, don't go 16, 17 knots, go seven knots. That's the difference between burning 20 liters an hour and burning 105 liters an hour. So um, uh, we've just decided to take it a little easier because there's a lot of fast boats out there. We're not one of them. Mm-hmm. Yours isn't one. Mine isn't one. No. And we don't have to keep up with them. We should be able to go at our own pace, and, and that's what I'm going to do that's different. But it, but having said that, you get into these bays, and the stars are beyond belief how yeah. clear they are, and the and the nights are so calm and quiet, and it's just bliss. It really is. Yeah. So you go, oh, I didn't like the waves today, but look where I am tonight. It's oh, yeah, pretty no, magical.
0: It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a native of Georgian Bay, so it will always remain in my soul but this place out here the gulf islands is just spectacular oh, too i mean the? they say the these are the greatest cruising waters uh, second greatest cruising waters next to greece wow the greek islands you got to get down to san juan down to san juan yeah well i i, I will I'll, I I'll get down there but i you know i'm putting my toe out <laughs> I've only done the one major trip, which is, you know, to the Princess Louisa, but... Well, I'll come up for your San Juan trip down there sometime. Oh, yeah, it's only a few hours. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, o- I'm okay to even just go out for uh, an overnight, yeah. you know, down to these islands here. And what I plan to do on this podcast, because there are a ton of Canadian and Americans, Americans in particular, come up. Uh, from Seattle and San Francisco, and they come up through the San Juans and right into the Canadian Gulf Islands. And they'll go all the way up to Alaska, but they're all stopping at this marina here for a couple of nights or a night or so on their way up. Yep. So you know, my plan is to just invite people who I see coming in. Uh, oh, you're gonna have for some great weekend. guests.
1: You know, great guess yeah. you know I'm gonna be the slow start to this but uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, well you'll have a lot of fun It'll you must listen to radio for people or podcasts for people particularly starting out because we've started off yeah. it, it was as you call it the hockey stick learning curve yeah flat, and straight yeah. up yeah. and uh, and and it's daunting if you don't have and it's surprisingly how few Resources you have to go to where people are saying I just starting out on a cruiser and here's what I well, Here's what's ahead for you if you're gonna follow the same path. Right. So it's worth. it's
0: where listening to this Yeah, no, it. I hope to get a lot of people on who have, have a lot of experience But um, you know, we're not setting ourselves up as experts here. We're, oh God, which no. could be the conduit <laughs> <laughs> between I, <laughs> The beginners but I honestly, I gotta say I you know, I just have to say this I don't think if I'd have retired from radio the way I did and stayed in Ontario at the cottage house in Georgian Bay that I would have uh, been able to make that kind of transition to retirement that is so difficult for some people. Not mm-hmm. everybody, but mm-hmm. you know, we both love their work and yeah. we're both still somewhat engaged so we're not completely detached. But this whole scene out here between the Gulf Islands, the geography, the boat, the learning curve, that has just sucked up all of my you know, intellectual and creative and emotional energy that I don't there's no void that got well, missed.
1: And, and I, I don't think this will surprise you because John and I have a lot of similar friends, shared friends. but people who have seen John in the last couple of years versus seen John in the last couple of years in Toronto when he was working say he's 10 years younger. You're 10 years younger now. Even though you have many bad habits, but you're still <laughs> 10 years younger, certainly in energy level, your energy level is yeah. way up. And I think it's partly due to that that I've had such a great retirement yeah. easing into it, although my summers now are very, very busy.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: uh, so, uh, but it's still a great life.
0: Yeah, no, it is great. It's great to, like to be on the sea. Mm-hmm. Good to talk with you. I'm glad you're here this week visiting. <laughs> and, uh, and this is the this is the launch of a podcast that I hope to do maybe an episode a week. Uh, depending on who I can get on, which I might include, I hope will be Pamela Anderson. Whoa, by the time is. this is over, because this is Lady Smith, home of Pamela, and I am um, extending an invitation to her, both not only here, but um, officially. And I hope sometime within the next year she's going to say yes, and we'll get her on board here and talk about her life here in Lady Smith and yeah. the view that she's she she?
1: does she have a boat? She I had a hell of a
0: dog. She's got a hell of a dog. <laughs> she's just a big series on Netflix there. Oh, my God. No, no, she just did her home and garden show. You can almost see it
1: show. from here. Yeah. yeah, she did her home
0: and garden show, and she put a big pier out there. I mean, how she got approval by council is one thing. Well, let's just
1: I, park your boat there and walk up and knock on the door.
0: Well, listen, that's why I want her to be one of these guests. You say, I'm, I'm
1: overconfident. <laughs> I would do that. Thanks, <laughs> uh, great being on the show,
0: John. Okay, great. Bye bye. Talk to you next time.